VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. We're here to talk about spring practice. Indiana started their spring football practice on March 5th. They concluded their, their second practice today uh, in Bloomington. They, Tom Allen talked to the media after practice today. We'll get into that. We'll get into an offense, defense, and special teams preview. And we'll talk about recent IU news as well. But first, we have uh, a few words from our sponsors over at, at Athletic Greens. Uh, tons of people take a multivitamin, vitamin, and it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and um, to help start your day right. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We're also sponsored by our friends over at ColorCast. ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk platform. It is free to download and use. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Uh, it's a wonderful app to use. Uh, if you want to watch games with friends from different states, especially with uh, March Madness coming up, all you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join whichever league or group you're in. All right, TJ, uh, today's episode of the Hoosier Huddle Podcast is also brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're trying to help us. Uh, they're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats. So go check them out on online or on social media. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink, but without the vowels. All we ask you to do is close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Uh, anyway, TJ, uh, we are underway with spring practice. We'll get to our preview uh, after two spring practices. What what is your feeling around this program? Uh, I think that there is a very healthy dose of skepticism um, from the fan base at large about uh, the the upcoming season. I, I think that there is uh, there there are reasons to be optimistic, and that would be that I think IU did very well uh, in the transfer portal. Um, in addition to a very good incoming recruiting class that I think addressed a number of key needs. 
those are the areas for optimism. Um, additional areas would be a new offensive coordinator um, that, that I, I felt was badly needed and some, some change uh, on, on the defensive side of the ball as well. Uh, you know, Tom Allen calling plays again. Um, I, I think that that's going to be long-term. We don't know, but I think for this season, I think that that's a big positive. Uh, we have no doubt that Tom Allen knows exactly what he's doing on the defensive side of the ball and the players respond to him and he knows how to get the best out of his guys on defense. So I, I, I think that there's good feelings for or good reasons for positivity. However, the skepticism comes in on uh, the offensive side of the ball with recent changes. You know, you had a late departure of a running back coach. You had a very late departure of a wide receiver coach. While I was never impressed with Grant Hurd, it definitely doesn't look good from a perception standpoint to have a you know longtime assistant coach bolt right before spring ball. Um, so it, it leaves you there. Uh, I think that there's certainly skepticism over Walt Bell uh, because of some mixed results of his in the past. I happen to, to like his um, his outlook on the offense and how he you know goes about uh, constructing an offense, but you know it's to be determined whether or not it works at IU. Um, I think the biggest reason for the skepticism coming off the two and ten season is that the primary issue of offensive line really the only way that it gets fixed appears to be great growth and development from the returning players. And yeah. so far, no additions from the transfer portal at that position, no change of position coach, and that doesn't appear to be happening. And you can say additions of true freshmen, but your true freshmen cannot be relied upon to save you at the offensive line position. Can they help? Maybe down the line at the end of the season, maybe they'll be ready to be part of a rotation. Maybe. But it's a huge ask for any incoming freshman to play a big part in improving an offensive line, especially at, at the Big Ten level. So I think that's, that's where the skepticism comes into place is we can make all these changes, bring in these good skill position players, bring in a new quarterback, and if the offensive line isn't at least somewhat better, none of it's going to matter. So I, I think that's where you get the, the very healthy dose of skepticism, combined with the fact that, look, there's a lot of reasons for IU fans to look back on history and say, hmm, why exactly should we expect 2022 to be a lot of fun? Yeah, and going right along there, all the news out of Bloomington has been mostly negative. Uh, you know, you have coaches leaving and, and Dylan McCullough and um, Grant Hurd, also with Charlton mm -hmm. Warren and Kevin Peoples. So you had four unexpected coaching vacancies open up. You've had a couple people go to the transfer portal. You've had a four-star recruit in Jabron Payne. Uh, ask out 
and be granted his release from his national letter of intent. So he won't be joining the team. It's just after a two and 10 season, IU needs some good news. And that could be anything, whether it's a guy who's standing out on the offensive line, a good coaching high, they just, they need something to, to fall right because there's a lot of negative um, momentum in the program. And that's why I was really, really hoping that they would um, open spring practice really to the media in terms of, of letting us see kind of what's going on. Now I totally understand why they've kind of locked it down with two new coordinators and coming off a two and 10 season, it's time to focus and it, you're installing a, a new system on offense. Um, and maybe you don't want the, the prying eyes of the media in there. And that's fine. But they need something. And I think, you know, with, with all the negatives and, and bad news that's coming out, it always gives me a little, like, kind of, and, and other people, what are you hiding? Uh, it, it doesn't look like they'll have a spring game um, at least open to the public if they don't have a spring game at all, which in a normal year, I'm okay with that. Spring games are kind of silly. They're made for the fans. Um, you know, and IU fans always complain about, oh, it's on a Friday, it's on a Thursday, it's at night, it's too cold, it's too hot. You know, it's it's April and it's on Little Five weekend. It's April in Indiana. You're never going to get the weather right. Um, no matter what, uh, you, uh, you've been to spring games that were 80 degrees. I've been to spring games that were 30 mm -hmm. degrees. So, yep. but to me, I think having the pressure of people watching them, um, the physicality of a live scrimmage uh, with people watching them as well uh, would do well to kind of stress test this team. Now you don't need to run your, your offense. Like do you run basic stuff or whatever? I don't think that's what people care about all that much, but how does this team physically look on the field? How do they handle some, some eyeballs on them and, and things like that? So I, I think, you know, you don't want to baby this team in terms of, Hey, you can only protect them so much in the big time. And I think that's kind of what hindered them last year was they kind of sounded like they went soft in practice with physicality uh, and hitting and contact and all that stuff. And it showed up in games. They were a mentally and physically soft team, especially down the stretch in the last two months uh, of the season. Once the, the wheels totally fell off, but, man, it would be nice to have a spring game this year. I, I think, what A, fans, and B, just to see what the product you're going into the summer and fall with, with what you and, – and people can fight me on this. I, I will die on this hill. This is a massively important opener against Illinois. Like, massively. It's – I think there's more on the line than when IU opened up against Ohio State in 2017. Um. It is probably about as as a, most of an important opener as IU's had in the last two decades, uh, and I, I'm not the only one saying it. I know that you agree with me. I know that I've had conversations with other writers about it. This, I think, IU needs some eyeballs on them before they head into the, this opener. That's why I'm kind of disappointed that we'll probably not. Um, it doesn't look like we're going to get a spring game, so. That's well, my take I, going I think, into to, to spring practice. Yeah, I think the Illinois game, it's not 
so much that it's, oh, you have to beat Illinois just because it's Illinois. It's, it's more that that is a matchup opponent in the Big Ten. It is the first game of the season at home coming off of a 2-10 and ten campaign. And I think you also look at what comes right after it. Idaho, the next Saturday, so on September 10th, uh, that's that's a game that you, barring, a, you know, unless things are just way, way worse than anyone can imagine, IU wins that game. Western Kentucky at home the Saturday after that, IU should win that game. That's a program that is, you know, after last season, they're going to be in complete retooling mode, uh, losing a ton of personnel and coaches as well. Um, so, you know, you have the chance to be 3-0 and with a win over a matchup opponent in Illinois and then take care of business for two weeks before you go to Cincinnati. Obviously a very difficult game there on September 24th at, at uh, Nippert Stadium. You lose that game, you're still probably going to be 2-1, and one, but the wins over Ohio, Idaho and Western Kentucky will feel rather empty because you lost the one that was a toss-up. And like those are the kind year. of games that, that I, yeah, those are the kind of games that, you know, if Indiana is going to accomplish the goals that they will realistically have set out for them, which is going to be, for me, you know, we'll talk about this all off season, but for me, it's rebound to a bowl game. That's, that's it. Get back on your feet and rebound to a bowl game. That's the realistic goal in front of you. And if you're going to do that, then your matchup games in the Big Ten are the ones you've got to get. And then you take care of business against Idaho and Western Kentucky. So I, I think even not coming off the 2-10 and would be a huge game, but since you are coming off the 2-10, and since you do have a feeling of, is this going to work out? You know, And, and there's been so many changes, particularly um, at offensive coordinator, at quarterback, you know, a, a total reset on that side of the ball in a lot of ways. Um, I, I do feel like it has an even bigger place on the trajectory of this program than it otherwise would have. And you mentioned the coaches leaving. I mean, if we take a step back and look at, are we that upset that Charlton Warren leaves? My opinion, the answer is absolutely not. Are we upset that Kevin Peoples leaves? Eh, not really. Eh. You know, I, I happen to think that Randolph that they brought in has a more impressive resume than what Kevin Peoples does. To be determined whether or not that works at IU, but uh, I think that there's reasons to be optimistic about Randolph. Um, you look at uh, Nick Sheridan leaving. Obviously, he was let go. Are you happy? Yes. Did we see a change at offensive coordinator? We don't know if it's going to work out better. But it's hard to be worse than what it was. I say that, and I might come to, to eat those words because it, it can certainly always get worse. Uh, but Grant Hurd, are we that upset he's leaving? No. No, I'm not. And we don't know who he's going to get replaced with. That, that decision Tom Allen let, let us know is probably going to be made uh, during IU's break um, after spring, the first part of spring practice, taking a break. Uh, for spring break, and then they'll they'll likely 
uh, make a hire at uh, wide receivers coach. Uh, so really, the only one that you're looking at and saying, man, that one feels like it stings, is McCullough. And he leaves for Notre Dame, which is certainly understandable. Uh, but it, it is the perception of the record on top of those guys leaving that that gets you feeling like things might be coming a bit off the rails, um, which is why I do think that that, that first game is just going to go a long way toward determining not just the path of the season on the field, but the the path that the fans' attitude and perception of this program takes place and where it heads. Uh, a win over Illinois, I mean, winning winning heals a lot of wounds. It really does. Yep. Yeah, and it's more, you know, perception is reality too. And, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and we'll cross that bridge when we get there with Illinois. But let's talk, um, pre, let's talk about the offense. Uh, um in spring practice, it's spring practice is weird. You don't want to do too much. You don't want to get guys with major injuries that will knock them out for the season. But it's a time to work on fundamentals, install a new offense, especially with the new offensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, you have, uh, you know, a, a new quarterback coming in in Connor Basilak. A lot of new skill position players as well that need to um, learn the offense. Uh, and it's it's I don't think a lot of position groups are going to be settled in, in terms of position battles this spring, which is a good thing. People will say, oh, well, mm-hmm. if you don't have one quarterback, you don't have any. Or if you have three, you don't have any. Let this thing play out until the fall. Um, and I think that's where Indiana got tripped up last year with Michael Penix, you know, basically won that job on a bum knee. Uh, and the backups were never really given a chance. And I, I think that's it was clear he wasn't ready, and uh, and we'll see. But I don't think that's going to be the issue this year. We've got Jack Tuttle coming back. He's healthy and ready to go. Uh, Connor Basilak's in camp uh, for spring. He's ready to go. Dexter Williams, who a lot of people are hyping up now, are is back. And then you have Donovan McCulley, uh, who played a lot of football as a true freshman last year. He's back as well. Um, so you've got four, three, at least three with experience and four scholarship guys going into this uh, and trying to learn a new offense. Uh, I, I don't think that the four, I think it'll get whittled down in the spring and you'll see a clear thing. I think if you're, if you're IU, I think the goal, if you could get through the season with Basilak and Tuttle and you could redshirt McCulley for a year, and kind of buy back that year from last year where you, you rushed them out onto the field, I think that's a win. Uh, but we'll see. You got to – the best guy has to play. I don't think they'll determine who the best guy is in spring practice. Uh, what's your take on the quarterback position and, and Walt Bell's offense? Well, I think the spring is so important because not only do you have a lot of new guys – you have a lot, of, a lot of new guys that are going to be relied upon to play significant snaps for you. Um, I think that that is at the uh, – probably not at the offensive line position unless we have some unexpected, uh, you know, transfer portal arrivals. They do have three which, scholarships which would be open welcome. now. 
yep, do have that, three spots uh, open now, so it's something to watch out for. Yep, that that would absolutely be welcome at that position. Just look at this point in the game, you are not going to get all Big Ten offensive linemen joining your program. Probably, um, you can always. <laughs> Always get lucky, I suppose, but that that's probably not going to happen. However, can you find a player that can end up starting for you? Uh, I I think so. So, I, I barring that, um, you have new players at wide receiver in that are going to be playing, and Cam Camper, Emory Simmons, and then you know you you could have um, could have freshmen eventually you know, crack that rotation, but not for spring. Uh, running back, Jalen Lucas is in for spring. Uh, you have Sean Shivers, Josh Henderson. They are, you know, transfers that are coming in. That might be your top three running backs. I mean, I, I, I think that's reasonable to say. I wouldn't say it's locked in by any means, but might be. Uh, at quarterback, you have Basilac, um, a transfer coming in. So I, I think that you – and then at tight end, you've got, you know, true freshmen that are, are available for you in the spring and Brody Foley and Ryan Miller. And I think it's reasonable to say that at least one of those guys ends up cracking into the rotation um, at tight end. So you've got new faces to the program that are going to play significant snaps and it's a new offensive system for everybody, and one that we anticipate being quite a bit different than what we saw last season in terms of formations, in terms of scheme and philosophy, um, and possibly in terms of tempo as well. So when you have that much change, these teaching practices are completely essential for for Walt Bell to nail it. And then you got Tom Allen running the defense now, um, you shouldn't see as much change there. Obviously, it's always been Tom Allen's defense. He's back in charge of it. You're not going to see a a formation changes. I do think you will see a philosophy change in how they attack the opposition. I think you'll see them getting back to being a lot more aggressive on that side of the ball uh, in terms of pressures and in terms of attempting to get some takeaways. Uh, But in terms of personnel – Less changeover in in that group, but for for the quarterback position, one thing that really hurt IU last year after Michael Penix, you know, went back out with an injury, he was pretty much the only guy getting reps yeah. uh, throughout the off season. It, understandably, I suppose, because you had to get him back ready and trying to be comfortable, and it it didn't work. It failed got hurt again and you had guys that were inexperienced in terms of reps with that offense with those other players and and it showed on the field they were unable to produce anything resembling a coherent offense and that was part of it is that the guys that were asked to step in after Michael Penix did not have any reps under their belt and they they did not produce on the field partially as a result of that so I think you're going to see uh, I think you're going to see Basilac and Tuttle and and probably McCauley and Williams, all four, get reps during spring 
and I think you see that start to get whittled down as spring goes. I guess we won't see it, but I think it will occur. They'll start to whittle down how many reps those third and fourth guys, whoever that ends up being, those third and fourth guys start to get their reps whittled down and you focus in on kind of one and two and they continue to get the looks. I would expect that that would be Basilak and Tuttle. And I think you're right. Ideally, McCauley's able to, to redshirt this season. Um, it, you can stay healthier at the quarterback position, you hope. I, I think the one kind of wild card that we just flat out don't have a clue is Dexter Williams. Haven't seen the guy at all. We don't know. We know he's been spoken about positively by the coaching staff before, but that, to be frank, doesn't really mean anything. No, and here's the, the, the lasting image of Dexter Williams was you had a quarterback with one arm in the bowl game and he couldn't get in. And that may might speak more to the coaching staff than to him. Well, but, yeah. yeah, as a true freshman um, who was taking backup reps, and maybe this was a red flag going into last year uh, with those reps, they felt that Jack Tuttle with one arm was better than – Dexter Williams with two arms and um yeah I think that's that's always going to be in the back of my mind it's nothing against the kid and it's probably more on the coaching staff but it goes back to why wasn't Dexter Williams in the bowl game uh for that game but that's another argument for another day well yeah absolutely and I I think it's a good point it's one that needs to be kept in the back of our minds but something that I keep coming back to is the scheme matters and what the offensive coaches think of a player's skill set and the, their ability to fit that skill set into the offense, that matters. What we think of Jack Tuttle in Nick Sheridan's offense might be completely different than the Jack Tuttle that we see in a Walt Bell offense. Yeah. It might be better. It might be worse. We do not have a clue at this point. How does Connor Basilak fit in the Walt Bell offense? We don't know. I mean, they recruited him, so I sure as hell hope it's he fits in really well, and they know what they want to do with his skill set. Because yeah. if not, then that's a failure of evaluation. And we'll find out. How does Donovan McCauley fit in the Walt Bell offense as opposed to Nick Sheridan's offense? We don't know that. So that's something that has to be kept in our mind is we have our ideas of what we think these players can do. And look, a system is not going to make a bad player great. It, it, it's not. There is no system to make up for a complete lack of talent. There's no system to make up for a complete lack of understanding. However, a system can make a player with, with a better fit for their skill set and a better understanding of what to call and when to call it for that player's skill set, it can make a player better. Yeah. And it can make them more capable of contributing in the Big Ten East for Indiana and help them become a winning program once again. Uh, I think the biggest thing is going to be figuring out, one, that quarterback position, two, your skill position players, how to get them the ball in space to where they can be successful, and then three, and possibly most importantly, what schemes and what plays and what formations can we come up with 
that are going to help our offensive line be competent. Yep. I I don't know the answer to that, but that is going to be possibly the primary thing that Walt Bell has to figure out during this spring session. And and Tom Allen has mentioned on a couple different occasions during media availabilities, hey, Walt Bell's working a whole lot with the running game. Walt Bell's working with every position group. That's, to me, that's a read between the lines here. We know that it's a problem, and this is what we hope is a solution. I don't know if it's going to work. We're not going to know if it's going to work until we see him against Illinois. But I think that that is the hope for this program is that the increase of speed and versatility at the skill positions plus a new system that you hope can figure out a way to help mask the deficiency at the offensive line. I think that's the hope for the offense this spring, and I think that's what they're trying to figure out. You need development from the line, and you need a scheme that better masks their deficiencies and highlights the strengths that they do have. I agree. Um, that's that's exactly, exactly right. Uh, before we switch over to defense, we have words from our friends again over at Athletic Greens. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional uh, insurance. Also, our friends over at ColorCast, um, it's a live audio-only sports talk platform. Uh, You could talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's great for watch parties, uh, talking with friends from out of state. I have friends in New York who are big college basketball fans, and we watch uh, games on the app as well, and it's fantastic. All you need to do is download the uh, ColorCast app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the league. Um, That's all you have to do. Anyway, TJ, let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, last year, IU started really strong on the defensive side of the ball. It looked like they it carried them to a bowl game. The wheels fell off on offense, and the defense just got worn out. And once the wheels fell off on offense, it's you can't blame the defense for uh, – it, it wasn't a lack of effort, but it was – once the games were out of hand um, – you know, once the opponent got ahead, the game was out of hand because you the, the, the offense was going to score more than once or yeah. twice. So, um, you know, the defense is banged up. They were tired, exhausted, uh, things like that. But there are also some big red flags on defense, a lack of takeaways um, that it just they they weren't there from from 2020. It was not an aggressive enough uh, I don't want to call it scheme, but the play calling wasn't aggressive enough like it was in 2020. Yeah. It looked like Charlton Warren wanted to go straight up. And anybody who's 
watched Indiana football. It, that never works. You know, Jerry Donardo tried to do that on offense with with IU is go I formation and try and power up uh, Big Ten teams. It, it's not going to work. You have to be creative, aggressive, um, and if you get burned by the long ball, so be it. But there are some uh, good signs for Indiana. Camp Jones is back at linebacker. Tywin Mullen is back at uh, at corner, although he is limited in spring. But he, it's a different defense when he's healthy. Uh, you bring back Jalen Williams. Monster Matthews is back. There's a lot of guys back that IU needed on defense that are playmakers. Plus, you add in a couple transfer linemen from Ole Miss. Uh, to shore up that defensive line, which is now down uh, Jaron Handy as well, who's dismissed from the team earlier this spring. Um, Allen said it was a multiple offense type deal where he just couldn't follow the rules, apparently. Uh, and he got booted. Uh, you bring in Desan McCullough. You move Brian Fitzgerald to free safety from Husky. There's some talent on this defense. And it should be more aggressive with Tom Allen running it. I don't know if it's going to be as, as aggressive as Kane Womack. Now, remember that Womack's dad, like, invented the 4-2-5 defense. Uh, so he's really an expert on it. And Womack's dad taught Allen that defense. And I think what you saw in 2020 was it just meshed really well. And you had the, the players – to, to fulfill that um, to fulfill that scheme. We'll see if they, they could do it again this year. But I, I don't think – I mean, the defense finished last in points against in the Big Ten. So there's no place to go but up. But I think the defense is if you want to be a half a glass half full type of guy, that's what you hang your hat on is, is this defense should, again, be pretty solid. Absolutely. I mean, I I will be an optimist uh, for this defense. I'm, until proven otherwise, I'm going to expect a pretty big bounce back for this unit. There were a lot of injuries that they suffered uh, last season, key injuries. Um, and I think you're right. I mean, there has to be a feeling of defeatism when you are consistently taking the field knowing man, if we give up like 14 points, we lose. And that's that's not a good way to play if you're a defense. So uh, I'm really excited about some of the additions that they've got. J.H. Tevis, transfer from California. Sounds like he's going to be a really good player uh, in addition on that defensive line. You mentioned Patrick Lucas uh, and Ladarius Cox, both coming from Ole Miss. Um, very big bodies. Both of them well over 300 pounds, pushing 320, uh, adding to DeMarcus Elliott, who it was great that he chose to come back. That's a big get. And CO uh, also coming back. So um, I, I like where the defensive line's at there. I think you need to find, as has consistently been the case, you've got to find those pass rushers. We'll see who can step up in that aspect. And I think some of that is going to have to come from scheme, which is where you turn back to, hey, Tom Allen's calling the plays again. Can he find those guys and get them into positions? Uh, Desan McCullough, of course, uh, very high-profile, five-star recruit. Um, he's going to be playing all over the field for IU. He's going to start out at linebacker, though. 
I'm, and probably see some significant snaps. I mean, you don't keep a guy of that talent off the field. So, um, and then I think you added some really quality pieces and Bradley Jennings, an experienced guy that started a lot of games at Miami uh, and Jared Casey, very talented player from Kentucky or I'm sorry, yeah, from Kentucky, uh, Louisville area uh, transferred from the Wildcats. Uh, I like the true freshman linebackers that they brought in. Caden Turner is in for the spring. You probably want to be able to redshirt those guys, maybe play them against Idaho um, and Western Kentucky, maybe give them their four games with with some snaps here and there. But um, I, I like the depth that they've got at linebacker with those additions. Um, uh, the secondary – I mean, really, you're you're relying on your stalwarts that you know what you've got with them, and Jalen Williams and Taiwan Mullen at the corner position. You mentioned Brian Fitzgerald moving to, to free safety. Uh, Bryson Bonds is back. Maurice Freeman is back, a player that I think they expect a lot out of. Yep. Noah Pierre and Josh Sanguinetti um, got some good good minutes or some good snaps um, last season, but I. I think what would take this defense to a different level uh, would be, can they get one of those young corners that have everything you want in terms of, you know, physical attributes, no reason to think that they can't step up, but can they get one or two of those young corners, a Larry Smith, a Lynn Watley Neely, a Christopher Keys, guys that suffered injuries when IU really could have used them last year, can they get a couple of those guys to step up and and show out? That would really take this defense to to a level that uh, I think we expect them to be at. Um, I think there's a lot of answers and a few questions on the defense, but I you have to feel pretty good about their ability to bounce back in 2022. And I think the spring for them is going to be just – them getting used to the new defensive staff uh, with with Wilt and Randolph coming in there. Don't see any reason why that would be a problem. And then getting used to Tom Allen being back in charge of that defense. Again, that's not a huge change. It's just him taking the play calling duties back. It's not a huge change there, but I do think we'll see a positive impact of that on the field when the games start. Um, it's a unit, I'm like I said, I'm going to be optimistic about them uh, until proven wrong on that. And get healthy. That's that's another thing. You need all these guys at 100%. So they're taking precautions with Tywin Mullen uh, and having him in, in limited contact. Um, but you need yeah. to keep Cam Jones healthy. He's going to lead that linebacker core. Uh, Desan McCullough is also limited. You're going to need him at 100%. So it, it's yeah, that, I, that's what it's got to be. Quickly, let's go to special teams, TJ. Excuse me, uh, TJ. I, you have Charles Campbell's back kicking. He had a really rough mm-hmm. end of the year last year on field goals. Yep. He missed a bunch that you thought he would make. Uh, he looked a little bit rattled. Uh, you have James Evans, who was either – he was the Nuke Lelouch of uh, punters. Um, and if you haven't seen Bull Durham, go watch it. Uh, you'll have plenty of time because there's no baseball this season. Um he either hit a 70-yard punt that was perfect or the punt went 20 yards. Uh, there was no yeah. in-between. And he came out with – the average was about 40, like 44. 
uh, which turned out to be a really good average, but he needs to be more consistent uh, and things like that. Now, IU just brought in a preferred walk-on yesterday. He can kick, um, punt, and do kickoffs. Now, IU does lose Jared Smoller, who I think was an undervalued part of this team uh, on kickoffs, especially uh, last year and in 2019. But um, if he can be the kickoff specialist, that would be great. Uh, and for it's Alejandro Quintero. Look him up on Cole's kicking. His numbers on their metrics are fantastic. He, there was like maybe two or three hundred people on the list. And he was in the top twenty-five or top thirty of them. Uh, so he's, I think, he's a guy who, and he punts too. So maybe he pushes James Evans to get better and things like that. Because that's a that's a part of the game where IU just has to get better. If the offense is going to take some some time getting um, getting the wheels greased a little bit, you need to have a punter who could flip field position, give this set this defense up to win. Um, and then in the kick return game, oh man, you have so many options. Um, if David Ellis is healthy, he'll return kicks. He said Jalen Lucas is a speedster. He could get back there. On punt returns, you have DJ Matthews as a game changer as long as he's healthy uh, and back. Um, maybe you put somebody else back there as well to, to keep him healthy for offense. But, you know, special teams, IU early on in the season were was really good at special teams. And I think against – they blocked a punt against Maryland. They blocked a extra point against Purdue. Uh you know, they made some they made more plays last year on special teams than in any other season that I can remember uh, outside of maybe a Marcus Thigpen. What was that? 2006, where he returned a, a handful of them for touchdowns and Tracy mm -hmm. Porter was blocking kicks. But the special teams unit. Um, they just need some tweaks and be more consistent, but when they're good. They're very good. It's it's just that when they're bad, they're awful. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Got to develop that consistency. Not sure how much you can get done in the spring on that. Um, but I, I'm interested to see how the return situation develops. Plenty of explosive athletes on this team now that um, yeah, settling for fair catches should no longer be the modus operandi uh, for the special teams unit. They've got to uh, be aggressive about making some plays on that side of the ball in the return game. Yeah. Especially on if the offense is going to struggle. Uh, that's yep. what frustrated a lot of people last year at type five Fogel returning punts. Like there was nobody else able to return punts on that team last year, which is mind boggling. Yep. And it was just seven extra yards would have helped the offense or, you know, getting an extra first down on a kickoff would have helped the offense and, and things like that. So, and, and I do think that the biggest thing you could get out of spring, so you don't know what the weather's going to be. It could be 31 day. It could be 70 the next day. So, you know what, go out and kick in big winds. Um, when it's really windy, kick a cold ball when it's cold, you might get, you know, a, a couple foul weather rain practices, go kick in the elements. That's what's going to happen when, you know, 
football rolls around in the Midwest is you're going to have to make kicks in, in cold weather, in rain and snow and in, in the wind. Go use that to your advantage. You have a, an outdoor stadium. Um, you have outdoor practice uh, fields as well. Go take advantage of that. And, and I think, you know, that that'll help with consistency, too. It's toughen up the, you know, toughen up that that um, phase of the game kicking wise. Not every kick is going to be in perfect weather and perfect conditions like it would be in Mellon Camp. Go out and, and take advantage of the um, the bipolar Indiana weather and, and kick in the elements. Yeah, yeah, you might as well take advantage of it. You've got the practice time. You have to utilize it for all uh, all the positions. And I assume that's going to happen, and who knows, maybe you'll um, you know find some – some things that you can utilize for, for the upcoming season. But I, I just, it doesn't make any sense to me to give up on an opportunity to make a big play when you finally have explosive athletes like Sean Shivers, like Jalen Lucas. Um, you know, you've got guys that are capable of making plays with the ball in their hands. A return of a kick or a return of a punt is an opportunity in space with the ball in their hands. Uh, I, I really hope we start to see an aggressive mentality to make those plays as opposed to, oh, let's play it safe and just not make a mistake. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But I would, I'd be a little bit surprised if we didn't start to see um, more of an emphasis on making some positive plays uh, in the return game based on the guys they're able to get onto the roster for this coming season. But uh, that is another question we will not know the answer to until uh, the season begins. Yep, it definitely will. Uh, and we'll keep you updated with all the IU news uh, throughout spring practice. Uh, we'll see how many times we get Allen. If we could actually get down to spring practice, would be a, um, you know, more, more podcast content. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know if we'll get a spring game to do. Uh, and things like that. But we'll certainly update you on news. Uh, IU does have three open scholarships left, so keep an eye on on them filling those with probably their highest need. Maybe they 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 look to transfer final uh, transfer portal and finally go for an offensive lineman uh, and things like that. Because um, yep. I, I bet there'll be a handful of people, more than a handful, uh, another wave of folks going into the portal after spring practice. Um, exactly. and before the summer and things like that. So, uh, you know, there, there's a lot, there's a lot to be worried about. Um, there's a little bit of stuff to be optimistic about, but overall it's all going to come down to the opener on, on Friday, that Friday in September, uh, Friday, September 2nd, when Illinois comes to town and that that's, if Tom Allen's going to batten down the hatches, that's what he's focused on. Um, September second against it is against Illinois because that is you have they have to win that game. Um, if not, then all the the negative thoughts come come rushing back. You're on a, a ten game losing streak in in terms of the Big Ten, um, and, and you know yeah you get some some wins early on in the schedule, but IU has to start off with a win, and that. That's what I think the focus is, is for spring practices. Get the fundamentals right. Get the offense and defense installed. 
and, and head into the spring or, you know, the summer and fall with a very solid plan of, of what we need to do to, to get this thing back on track. And uh, whether people are, you know, whether they're going to please the general public during spring practice or not, uh, I don't think they care. Uh, and that's, that's where they're at as a program is they, they coming off a two intense season and then a lot of coaching changes that that's where they are. So anyway, TJ, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, again, this show is brought to you by sports drink. Uh, the, uh, today's episode of Hoosier Auto is brought to you by sports drink, your digital water cooler. Uh, sports drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. Uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. So go check them out online or on social media. Uh, go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink, uh, without the vowels. So all we ask is uh, you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let all the funk out. Uh, anyway, you can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle and keep, keep coming back to HoosierArdle.com as we'll have all our excuse me, have all our uh, spring practice uh, position battles and notes and, and uh, quotes from Tom Allen as well. So have a pleasant Tuesday evening. Uh, TJ, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I think that uh, aforementioned funk got to you just now. It did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, everybody, um, I appreciate you listening. And, and please, I'm not one for, for – you know, advocacy on this podcast, but um, do whatever you can for the people of Ukraine right now. Um, definitely have some some contacts over there that I, I've heard from that. Uh, and obviously, if you watch the news, you know what's going on there. Terrible situation, humanitarian crisis uh, here in the United States. There's not a ton we can do from a physical involvement standpoint, but uh, if you can give anything to to help that um that situation i'm sure it would be much needed and much appreciated so if if you feel the the calling to do so please find a reputable uh organization and give what you can to help those people out yes uh there are multiple uh charities and and things online to donate money uh for for support for Ukraine, our, our thoughts and, and prayers are with, with the people over there, hopefully, uh, you know, staying safe, um, getting out of there, and hopefully this this whole thing ends um, in, in peace and and, uh, and hopefully in a good way for, for the Ukrainian people. So uh, way, a good way to point that, uh, point that out, TJ, and uh, anyway, happy Tuesday and uh, we'll get back. Uh, we'll be back with the podcast, hopefully in the next couple weeks. Thanks everybody. Yep. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. 
The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.